Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. On DAB+, online, via the TalkSport app, and on your smart speaker, this is Talk Wrestling on TalkSport 2. Shout out to Talk Wrestling. What's up? Hello and welcome to your Talk Wrestling podcast on the Fight Night feed from Talk Sport. Here for you every week, every Tuesday or Wednesday morning, depending on what news and interviews we've got, essentially. We will keep it a little bit fluid, but we will be bringing you the very best from the world of WWE, from AEW, from New Japan, from... TNT from Impact from every major promotion and great indie in the world and this week we've got a couple of great interviews for you as well as reaction to some pretty big news from around the world of wrestling more releases, more signings plenty more to get into with myself Will Gavin and Talk Wrestling Czar Alex McCarthy here on the Talk Wrestling Podcast Without further ado let's bring in the main man himself Alex McCarthy, how are you sir? Hello, William. I'm very good. Thank you very much on this uh, fresh podcast edition of Talk Wrestling. What a joy. Thank you to everyone who has followed us over to the podcast edition. Um, Your listens and downloads have been greatly appreciated. So thank you very much. We appreciate your patronage and we love you dearly. Uh, And like we said before, kind of we split off into podcast form. There's a lot of other really exciting things hopefully coming up in the not too distant. So as these things develop and happen, uh, we wanted to just make sure that we were still bringing you a weekly show, that we still had a platform. We still had something to deliver you. But uh, yeah, make sure that Alex's top tier content is still getting out into the world as it does at talksport.com forward slash wrestling of course um and as always another brilliant interview for us this week alex yes indeed it was william if i do say so myself <laughs> uh with uh shotzi blackheart of course and tegan knox shotzi and knox as they are known in tag team form on smackdown these days so it was really cool to pick their brains about how the call-up happened but um what made the headlines yesterday i think was shotzi's take on the chris jericho heat from the uh, infamous gif that she posted after their blood and guts fall. Um, so it was really good to get that uh, context from Shotzi, uh, get her take on it. Uh, I see it did a lot of headlines around the internet yesterday. Uh, so you can hear exactly what she meant 
on the show today. So very good. And also we do have some other stuff coming up that will be on next week's show in the coming days. I am finalising some stuff with WWE for SummerSlam. Uh, and there is a couple of really exciting names, really exciting names on that list. So, man! Isn't it great we still have a platform? <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it just? And isn't it just great that we have an opportunity to vent our feelings about the release of Bray Wyatt from WWE? A, a man who I think there is no one in the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years in WWE history, certainly, who has had more great creative ideas that have just not been handled in the right way. The amount of times that something has had a great, great build and never quite gotten over the line in terms of whether it's WWE pulling the trigger properly. And, you know, for me, that's slightly unfair when people were saying that on social media because I do think that if you want to find a real great period where not only was Bray pushed hard, but also it felt like the creative was coming together. You go back to the Wyatt family, the stuff with the shield, those early triple threats. There was some phenomenal, phenomenal work there where it did feel like it, it reached what was a bit of a wrestling pinnacle. But certainly as a, as a I was going to call him a solo artist then, that's a, a new way of putting it. But I, yeah, he never was allowed the room to breathe an idea that really could take hold and, and become a long term push. Well, is WWE the land for creativity? Probably not. I think that's fair to say at this point. They are looking for people to slot in and do what they want as opposed to somebody who wants to push the envelope or have a myriad of ideas. Um, That's not to say that they completely suppress as such, but you hear so many talents talk about how they don't get that room or they have so many ideas that are shot down. In regards to Bray Wyatt, you know, just to reference what you just said there, I don't ever feel like he was pushed as the guy. And they had the opportunity staring them in the face a couple of times. I said this on the heels of the release. You know, the moment with Triple H and the title uh, when Daniel Bryan was with him. OK, Daniel Bryan got too hot to really continue that angle. I know Bryan has said that there were plans that they had to change. I understand that. Um, but there are more iterations of Wyatt where they just really didn't want to go in in him. The amount of times he was in a feud with a John Cena or a CM Punk or even a Brian, as we mentioned there, he might win a battle, but he lost every single war. With Randy Orton, it's maybe the most one-sided feud I've ever heard of in the history of professional wrestling, right? He, he, got, he, he got betrayed in the tag team, had his house burnt down, lost the WWE title at WrestleMania 33, Right then, they then he then he creates the fiend, Will the fiend, who is like the redeemer of everybody who wronged Bray Wyatt. Chief among them, you would imagine, is Randy Orton. Right, that that turns out to be his final pit stop. Right, he loses every match against Orton, is burned alive. Don't forget, and then he's betrayed by Alexa Bliss. On top of all of that, it, there was it's... there was not one redeeming. Not one redeeming note for Bray Wyatt in that feud. But the the point that I make is this. They never went all in on him, right? He was like the butt of the main event feuds. Uh, They had a chance to make him if they really wanted to against Undertaker at WrestleMania. They also didn't do it. Um, I can understand the frustration where WWE have cited budget cuts for Bray Wyatt. But also, he's only performed once 
this year. So the likelihood is there is an underlying story here of why he's not on TV. Uh, it, it would be really irresponsible of us to irresponsible of us to speculate what that might be in his personal life or otherwise. But he hasn't been on TV. So if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, Will, perhaps WWE feel like there's a decision to be made. For, for me, it, it is devastating that that will be his last match. Even I, We even came out, and on our WrestleMania specials, I came out after that and I said, look, was it good? No. Did it pay off the angle in the way I wanted it to? No. But if it's setting up for something more down the line, which it felt like it was because we were going to see more with Bliss and we were going to see more with Wyatt and then we could have Randy involved in that and they could continue the long-term story they were telling, then I was willing to bite my tongue and say maybe this develops into something great and then we just never really saw him again. And that that in itself is is difficult to swallow. Obviously, since then, we have had the Ronda Rousey reaction on social media. Oh, boy. Um, who has branded the WWE Universe, who you do not brand as anything other than special, brilliant, wonderful, fantastic, and all those things that John Cena called them upon his return, saying, I've seen the same fans chanting, we want Wyatt last night, chanting, we want beach balls, whilst Bray Wyatt was performing. If WWE treated him like he was expendable, it's because you ungrateful idiots did first. Now, here is my feelings on what's, what Ronda Rousey has said there. We're talking particularly about a Chicago crowd and a, and a CM Punk chanting crowd. And a, obviously her statement is far too sweeping and ignores that many people had Wyatt incredibly over with them and gave him some great reactions and stuff. But... I they, I do see the ongoing frustrations with this idea that people don't give the love to certain performers and then get angry when they don't get the pushes they want them to. It happens time and time again. So I do kind of get... I, I think Rousey handled it in the wrong way, but it doesn't mean I completely disagree with the sentiment. I think it's terrible. <laughs> I think it's an awful blanket statement. Like, I, I, I know what you're trying to say in terms of the sentiments of it, right? Or like, if you read between the lines, you know, saying fans want this, but you act in a different way. I don't think Wyatt is the case example if you're going to make that point. I really don't. Um, But by that same token, I think if you're looking at what Bray Wyatt has achieved and the way his WWE career ended, it wasn't because people didn't go to bat for him or that people didn't care about him. Like, people were using... Um, the Observer Worst Awards as a case for this to support what Rousey said last night. That is a my word. That, like that is a small bike, and I say small. It's not that small, but by compared to what we're going to call the granular WWE universe, it's a very small. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like research point. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but for Wyatt. That isn't something that is indicative of the way everyone felt about him. Generally, he was very over. The Fiend was one of the most electric characters they'd had in a long time. Right? People just weren't happy with how it's handled. That doesn't mean that people didn't want that. People wanted to see Bray Wyatt released. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily understand the connection with we want beach balls either, as if to say, well, we don't care about Bray Wyatt. Like what? So they didn't care about anyone else that there's ever been a beach ball thrown into a ring for. Steve Austin kicked a beach ball away once. If it's also indicative of how fans 
react to a performer, then Roman Reigns was screwed years ago, Will. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't necessarily... I, I just feel like she hasn't made the point very well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whatever point she is trying to make. And uh, more to the point, I think a lot of people still feel like she's bitter because of how wrestling fans treated her at the end of her run. She was still... Uh, it's widely known that she was pretty furious with how the LA crowd, the Staples Center, booed her out of the building when she was trying to give a promo towards the end of her run. And I think a lot of people believe, I don't know this to be true, but a lot of people believe that she is kind of holding a grudge against wrestling fans. This isn't the first time she's called them out either, Will. So um, I, I don't think she's made the point well, but I I can maybe half understand the logic that you applied to it, but I don't agree with it either way. Let's talk. Is there Bray Wyatt landing spots now? Because the the now thing to associate it with, and with potentially CM Punk turning up, and Brian Danielson turning up, and who knows, Adam Cole may be turning up. We'll get to that shortly. The stock thing is to go. Well, he'll land in AEW, and he'll be brilliant. I my money is on the reason I like the AEW link is because what I the place I'd love to see Wyndham go and get his opportunity is uh, New Japan. I think you look at what they've done with much less athletic, much, much less exciting big guys before and really managed to make them something special. I think he could go there and do something absolutely phenomenal and would be allowed a bit of creative by Gato and would be like, I, I'm not sure it becomes his kind of, I don't think he goes full Osprey and goes out there and works full time and move, and leaves his home and everything. But I would love to see what he could do in that promotion and in that country. I think there's potential for something really, really special there. Where would you like to see him? Where would you where would you place him naturally next if he if he does decide that wrestling is where he wants to continue? I feel like his talents are too strong to not be in the New Japan AEW sphere. But by the same token, I think Impact would actually suit him, right? Like we've seen as far as creative license goes, and they're in dire need of a top top guy as well. You know, the whole reason Kenny Omega pretty much can't be dethroned right now. It's because they don't have a hot hand waiting. Somebody like Bray Wyatt, I think he absolutely could be that guy. Um, whatever name or you know he, what moniker he would operate under. And Impact have also shown that they do have the capabilities of having a character like that, a larger-than-life character, and making it work. So... I think that actually would be a good landing spot for him. And of course that gives you opportunities to work everywhere anyway, as is the wrestling landscape these days. Um, But when I look at AEW now and it looks like Brian looks like punk, looks like Adam Cole. And you start to think, wow, you add Bray Wyatt to that. Like where, where would he really fit in? And a lot of people have made the case for maybe succeeding Brody Lee in the Dark Order, but I don't like that idea. If there was ever going to be one, it, I guess Bray would be the one. But I, 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 I would prefer the Brody Lee legacy to be left as is. How much is is Adam Page getting screwed over right now? If if Bray Wyatt turns up and ends up running the Dark Order, and they bring in these other four or five top tier talents who are all going to potentially supersede their guy who is being pushed towards the title, really could be. And it's how 
So let's address Adam Cole. Now, my understanding is that Adam Cole's contract actually ran out after the Great American Bash and that he signed a short-term deal, so he's still with NXT. And, and I don't know if you've seen last night's NXT yet as we're recording this on Wednesday morning, but I thought it was one of their their best episodes in a while. And that's as somebody who you know I've been feeling a little less than hot on things. I thought Fish and, and Strong was excellent. I thought that the, the kind of grizzled young veterans... Grimes, LA Knight, I think there's a lot of fun to be had there. It's more story than match, but you know, you've just got the right guys there. And and as much as I, I kind of dislike what's happening, I don't like Carrion Cross in general. You know, the Joe back in the ring is just very exciting to me. So you know what? I, I on that stuff I'm I'm pretty hot and I'm pretty excited about about what they're gonna do with NXT. I don't know if NXT needs Adam Cole. I don't know what Adam Cole does if he moves up to the quote-unquote main roster, if he goes to SmackDown or Raw, because I don't know whether Vince gives him the proper push. But I do have some concerns at this point, Al, that if he goes to AEW and we do get Punk there and we do get Brian Danielson there, yes, okay, they're starting Rampage and they're going to have two shows, so maybe they they can have that many great top-tier talents. But I start to look at, you know... uh, the storytelling and the creative is is undoubtedly better through the mid-tiers with AEW right now. And, and, you know, someone like Cody Rhodes doesn't need to be around a title to be having great matches and great stories. And someone like Miro doesn't necessarily need to be around the world title or even necessarily the TNT to be getting great matches and great storylines. And, and But I do start to get a little bit worried about the size of that pond and the number of big fish in it and think, how are they really going to be able to satisfy all of these guys with good mid-tier creativity if they can't give them all the chances to be the top guy because you can only have two, three guys really in that picture at any one time and they've, they're going to have, if Cole goes there as well, with Omega, with Paige, with Cole, with Danielson, with Punk, with all of the guys they've got on their roster like Miro, like Archer, like Rhodes, like guys who could in theory challenge for a world title, it starts to get a pretty jumbled picture. Um, I disagree, and I'll explain why. I feel like you can't have enough top talent, right? There, there isn't such a thing as too much talent. And I'll cast you back to, let's say, 2000 in WWE, which if you have at the Apex, which they did, The Rock and Austin, I'm not saying AW have that, but let's make an equivalent, being Omega and Moxley, perhaps. I didn't even mention John it- Moxley, by the way, which is ridiculous. Obviously. I know. I know, right? Or Eddie Kingston or Pac or Ray Phoenix or, you know, (laughs) there is a little bit of me that worries about them keeping these guys happy. I'm not suggesting that the product will suffer, but WWE have had, when they did that kind of big old talent draw, when they signed everyone to big contracts to make sure they didn't go somewhere like AEW, you did go, well, you're now struggling to use all these guys and you have five hours of live television, seven of you include NXT every week. Even with Rampage, AEW can't compare to that. I know that they've proved better at handling, like I say, mid-tier feuds and mid-card stuff and been that's definitely been the area that they've been strongest compared to WWE right now. I do worry that you start to get a little bit too talent-heavy to make everyone happy with what everyone's lot is. And someone like Adam Cole, I struggle to see where he slots in. Yeah, again, I feel like it's fine when the way it trickles down and everyone has their uses and it makes everything very interchangeable. So we talk about the apex there, like in WWE's prime, 
Outside of that, you still had Mankind, you had Kurt Angle, you had Triple H, you had The Undertaker, you had Kane, uh, you had like a myriad of guys, even like the Benoit and uh, I think I already said Jericho, but Guerrero and people like that who were the mid-card at that point, which is incredible to think about. Um, Like WWE had literally, legitimately, what you would say is eight, nine, maybe ten main eventers. AEW are going to find themselves in that same position and they're still cultivating the next sort of four or five in an Adam Page who I would argue already is there but MJF, Jungle Boy Ricky um, Starks you know, the, Ricky's, yeah, of course Sammy Guevara like the list goes on um, Darby Allen, Jesus but yeah, are you that, starting to see that, what I mean? I want those guys to get their shot and I'm slightly worried they're not going to get their shot I think they will I, I, I think I've no reason to believe that Tony Khan will deviate from any kind of plans like that. Um, you know, when I look at last week and obviously all the punk teases on dynamite, hmm. the main, the main one that caught my eye was the Darby Allen one. Cause that was probably the most overt. And I thought, wow, like imagine punk comes in and works with not only Darby Allen, but sting as well is a cool thing that we've never had like punk and sting. Um, not to say they have a match, but still to be working together. Um, and I thought, wow, yeah, that'd be great for Darby Allen. Whichever way you look at it. I don't think Punk is someone who's going to come in and rule AEW for however many years. Like, he might get a title run, right? But eventually, Tony Khan has shown that he has a good habit of making these legends do business. And Punk would eventually, surely, put someone over. Same as Daniel Bryan. Um, I don't think these are bad things. Adam Cole is much more slap bang in the middle of his prime. Right? 32, I think he is. And you said it earlier, um, you know, somebody told me the day of the punk news, the, the Adam Cole news, and I was just like, wow, really? Like, and I couldn't verify it of anybody. And then obviously it's come out two weeks later. But Adam Cole signed a short-term deal, Great American Bash. There is, as is usually the case with expirations, he will have no non-compete at the end of that deal. And he's only signed that deal, I'm told, so that he can put over Kyle O'Reilly, give him the rubber stamp victory, and then off into the sunset he goes. Uh, obviously, from NXT TV, that looks like where we're heading. I think if you look at the main roster, though, and you're Adam Cole, and you look at the history of NXT products up to there, you look at the fact that Adam Cole's about 5'10". Yes, he's not six foot. You look at the fact that he's that height. Will Vincent Mann see the value in him that everyone else does? Now, it's not to say... There isn't a president set of people of that height doing well. We know there is, uh, a la Daniel Bryan, etc. But it's not a given, right? It's certainly not a certainty that Adam Cole would be used the way that we would all hope that he would. Whereas AEW, of course, has Britt Baker, his real-life partner. The Elite, he was part of the Bullet Club on the Indies, even though he was poisoned to death. But still, <laughs> Adam, Adam Cole knows these people. Uh, and I feel like if you're... Adam Cole, and this is a very difficult decision, you know, in a position to imagine yourself in, but pretty much any wrestler looking at the landscape these days, bar a few, AEW does look like the more attractive option. And, man, I, I know what you're saying in terms of, well, where do you put everybody on the card? But I'll go back to this. I don't think Tony Khan's given us any reason to believe he couldn't find the ways to make it work. He literally um, said, what was it? Six months ago. Oh, I've got big plans coming for the rest of 2021. This isn't stuff that's developing overnight that he's trying to shoehorn in. I feel like Tony Khan has this under control. Of course, until he doesn't, (laughs) but 
Yeah, I'm excited more than anything else. Yeah, I, I, my point is is that I, I am excited in theory, but I am just, it's starting to get to that tipping point of concern for me. I hope it doesn't get there. And look, I, I, if I was a talent, I 100% agree with you. That's where I would want to be. Because also, also, though, Will, like, if you're AW, do you not pick up Adam Cole? Oh, yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. Yeah, uh, his, these his... are the things. Like, Punk, Brian and Cole, oh. you don't not pick them up. You can, don't. Can we get them in a triple threat, please? <laughs> and thank you. Um, and look, here's the other thing. What you also get with that is, we mentioned it already with, with Bray Wyatt or, or Wyndham Rotor, is that you get that chance to work. Now that New Japan door has been firmly kicked down, you're going to get that chance to work out there. And I expect to see Jericho back there. You know, I think it's been teased with this current Trials of Jericho stuff that we're going to see more of his New Japan iteration. And I think we could see him back out there. I still think that the Kenny Omega possibilities with not just Ibushi, but people like Shingo. And and if there's a chance of him returning and doing stuff with New Japan, it would be huge money. But But actually, like... Look at Pro Wrestling Gorilla this past week. PWG finally returned, and you've got Malachi Black, Malachi Black turning up. Um, and by the way, Super Dragon returning, which as an indie nerd, let me put on my uh, indie nerd glasses, but I <laughs> popped so hard for Super Dragon returning. Um, and it made me immediately want them to figure out I don't know how you do it, but. I really want Pete Dunne and Super Dragon in a ring at some point while Super Dragon is still in a fit state to wrestle because they, they, like there is no bigger Super Dragon fan in the world than Pete Dunne. He obviously did the curb stomp as like a little ode to him a while back. And I know that's like just a bit of fantasy nerd booking for me and it will probably never happen unless Pete leaves WWE. But man, do I want that to happen pretty bad. Um, but look, you get those opportunities. You can go and work for uh, PWG. You can you can do the stuff that they've been doing with Impact. I know we haven't seen that much crossover yet and maybe we expect to mm. see more, but I still think there's there's that possibility there for that door to to keep opening and we're still like as much as we didn't we expected more from it and this is where I'm kind of talking myself out of my earlier points is that let's remember we are still in a world affected by COVID as much as everything has kind of opened up and you know everything feels like it's getting much closer and PWG was in front of a live crowd uh, the other night with you know Denise Salcedo and Meltzer and everyone kind of sitting in the front row and and it all felt like a return to normality there are still issues with travel and appearing in other uh, promotions and stuff like that so I still think over the next year you're going to see that stuff open out so I completely agree if I'm Adam Cole I'd rather be working in AEW than going up I might feel like I've done everything I can in NXT and you know pushed everyone I can and had the title as many times as I have and so I would want to go to AEW if I was AEW I'd want to sign him I just there is a point where I start to go and you know what Cody Rhodes answered it in the last couple of days he said you know similar to what you've said there is no limit on the top tier talent that you can have in a promotion uh, and everyone is welcome is. and the door is open but but that's the thing like you just said for Adam for Adam Cole I, I don't doubt that he loves NXT, but it's like, then what? Like you said, he's done a lot there. He's done almost everything. Uh, he will disagree and say, oh, there's always new talent coming in I can work with, yada, yada, yada. But like in terms of pushing his career on, um, and you look at the next juncture, AEW or the main roster, I, I, I just, again, most talent will sway to AEW right now. That's the recurring trend that we're seeing. I mean, you don't see it the other way around, do you? You're not seeing many AEW talents go, I need to get out of my deal and get over to WWE. Like, the, that that says a lot, I think, from inside the business. And you mention the door being open, all that stuff. WWE apparently tried to placate Daniel Bryan by striking a deal with New Japan, but they wanted to be their exclusive 
North, North American partner. Clearly, those talks didn't get yeah. anywhere down the road reasonably uh, because, obviously, we're having IWGP United States title on bloody dynamite last week. Um, but that would be playing into Brian's thinking as well. And if reports are to be believed, that's one of the major selling points to him for working with AEW. You think about a Cole or a Brian or even a Punk in the G1 or something insane like that. You know, Brian in particular, like Jesus. Um, there are so many possibilities and people want to explore that world of wrestling that WWE essentially suppressed for nearly two decades, right? Like, they became the market leader so far and away above everything else, albeit, you know, Impact doing relatively well for a kind of, what, a few years. I just feel like now people are finally ready to go, you know what, it doesn't have to be the WWE way. People like Moxley realise that and... I think he's like the leader, him and Jericho are like the leaders of that pack, where the rest of the business is kind of waking up to the fact now. And it's not a trend that WWE need to continue because AEW are rising in the demo, they're rising in their ratings, they're getting all of these key signings, which are only going to create more buzz, they're getting record buys on their last couple of pay-per-views. If that continues, they're going to be getting the billion dollar TV deal soon, as Chris Jericho said to Inside the Ropes, they'll be getting the billion dollar deals, then what? then Vince will have to see them as competition. He'll be encroaching directly on their money. Um, man, it's, I, I just feel like if this trend continues, wrestling is going to literally be set ablaze. Right. The, the, here's, here's our problem with the new format and with the podcast. We've got to get to, uh, we've got to, get to Shotzi and Knox. It's a great interview, and I'm really excited for people we to do. hear it. There's so much stuff that we've... That, and it was, there were obviously two or three massive stories this week we needed to get to. I think what we need to talk about, and this is a classic Talk Wrestling Live on Air production meeting, is we need to maybe open up an email address, or maybe it's just Alex's DMs on Twitter that we go with as they are always open, and he's always happy to hear from fans. Maybe we need to do oh. a little bit of a, a mailbag topic every week, something that people ask us to talk about, because, man, I wanted to talk about uh, what they're doing with Nikki Ash right now. Man, I wanted to talk about, you know, SmackDown last week and NXT last night and Fight for the Fallen. But, you know... Let's let's maybe open up and and start encouraging fan interactions with us, which is at Alex M underscore Talksport on Twitter. I'm at Will Gav. My DMs are open as well, so we'd love to hear from you there. Do do remember go and give us a rating and a review. It really does help more people find the show here on the Fight Night feed and check out the great work the guys are doing on Fight Night Extra as well. Um, hopefully, going to two shows a week soon. I didn't tell you that. Just keep it quiet. Keep it to yourselves for now. And uh, yeah. There's some some fantastic work going around. So, Al, was there any final things you wanted to get to before we get to Shotzi and Knox? Yes, Ric Flair. Oh, God. Right, Uh, you have literally two minutes to give your thoughts on Ric Flair. Okay, Ric Flair's left WWE. Um, (laughs) That's pretty much it. Uh, The reports going around were that Ric, of course, uh, made a phone call to Vincent Mann and he was unhappy with some of the recent booking in WWE, I know different reports have suggested that it was about Charlotte's booking, uh, but that cannot be confirmed. And Rick himself has kind of moved to deny that notion. He did put out a statement yesterday that read, I am officially able to respond to all the press related to my requested release from WWE, i.e. all of these reports that I'm going in badgering them about Charlotte's booking. Um, which they have given me. I want to make it really clear of everyone that I'm not upset with WWE at all. They solely are responsible for putting me in the position of life that I'm in right now where I'm seeing the brightest light 
ever. I mean, they made you rich, but I don't know about that. We have a different vision for my future. I wish them nothing but continued success. Thank you for everything. Nothing but respect. Uh, it seems that the 70-year-old Flair uh, still wants to be active and he wants to be involved in a product. Feels he can contribute. Uh, and thus, one has to imagine he's either AEW bound, Andrade being over there, the Tully Blanchard and um, Arn Anderson from the Four Horsemen are over there. It would make some sense if he was perhaps uh, an ambassador of sorts, the way other legends are, or was a manager. Um, but either way, it seems, that, it seems that Rick believes he can bring more to the table than he was able to do in WWE, and thus Vince granted him his release. So that's pretty much the story on Ric Flair. Just another cutting exercise, I guess, for WWE, and an easy one to make when somebody isn't happy. You managed it in a minute and 48 seconds. Well done, mate. I'm proud of you. Uh, I don't Thank think... It's, it's worth saying I don't think we see Flair turn up somewhere else because I don't think he needs to. But, no, he uh, doesn't. But, but but what a pop it would be if he does show up somewhere else. I just don't I don't see it. Not while his daughter's in WWE and not while he's so associated with that brand. And I know Sting posted his fun little Instagram photo and people popped off for it. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't see it. Uh, I you know All the respect and love in the world to Ric Flair. Um, I just think he's he's going to... Just enjoy retirement. And if anyone's going to enjoy retirement, I imagine that it's Ric Flair. I nearly went on the whole ramp, but yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to bite my tongue. I'm going to save it for another week. People don't need me to do it. People don't <laughs> no. need me to do it. Uh, right, let's get to uh, the brilliant interview that Alex McCarthy did this past week with Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox. I'm going to say our very own. I know she's Wales's very own, but she's one of our favourites. Uh, Shotzi yes. and Knox, as they are now in a tag team on SmackDown, chatting to Al this past week. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to Talk Wrestling here on Talk Sport. Thank you for joining us here for the only place you can get wrestling in national radio here in the UK. And speaking of the UK... We have some wrestling royalty in the house. It is, I'm going to have to say this properly now, it's Knox Hello. and Shotzi, right? This is correct. You may, you may be familiar with Shotzi Blackheart, of course, and Tegan Knox, uh, the Welsh wonder that she is. How, ladies, uh, how are you doing up on the main roster? How are things going? Busy. Awesome. Very busy. <laughs> yes, very busy. Traveling. <laughs> it's been fun it's fun busy stressful but great it's great it has been great to see you to uh obviously make your presence felt on smackdown a couple of great outings with the champions um i know that you know we don't know what's going on with natalia i think she got hurt the other night right so who knows if what's going to go on with the tag titles or whatnot but both of you are familiar with the tag team scene so i just want to take a step back to where you, from whence you came, if you like, in NXT. Um, talk to me about how the call-up came to pass, because there was these reports that Vince and the gang came to the PC and, and had a look at everyone. And then, of course, we've seen some movement since then. Uh, was this, like, always on the cards? Was it something that happened fairly quickly? Uh, Tegan, I'm still going to call you Tegan, sorry. I'll start with you. Um, because you kind of got involved in Dakota Kai's business again, and we thought, oh, maybe that will happen. And then, of course, now you're in the tag team on SmackDown. Yeah, um, it was a bit of a sudden change, to be honest. On the Tuesday, I was taking Candice, the stuff to Candice and having to lose the titles. Um, And then Friday, after our match on SmackDown, like, hey, congratulations, you're now on SmackDown. Like, what? So we had no idea. (laughs) idea or indication that we were moving up like we had no idea and then as soon as the match finished and we came back they're like hey just delay you know congratulations you're on smackdown now oh okay <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> Appreciate it. and that's the yeah, thing because you were yeah, a member and yeah. we were like oh <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, it, yeah. It, it happened so fast like we found out the day of basically um <laughs> the day that we debuted is the day that we found out that we were getting called up. So it's been a wild, fast-paced journey. Yeah. Completely non-stop, completely non-stop since I, that Friday. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I, I assume that's the same day as well that you just discover that your names are gone. Is this not, this isn't like a long drawn out debate, I assume. They just kind of go, oh, by the way, these are your names. Yeah, it was a handshake and, hey, Knox. I was like, hmm. <laughs> Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, no problem. <laughs> I mean, she's always Tegan Knox. I'm always Shotzi Blackheart. We're just getting it short and sweet, you know? Like, we're straight to the point now. You mm-hmm. know, we don't need Memorable. to worry about other things. Yes, we just want you to know Shotzi and Knox are here. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Knox, you're, you're just a spell now. That's what you are, a I'll spell. <laughs> It's still lights out, so I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, well, Shotzi, what was that like for you when you're thinking that you've obviously been tagging with Ember and who knows where that's going or if they're, you know, you still had some stuff to do there and then out of nowhere, obviously it's a great pivot for you and Tegan, but like, were you a bit like, oh, and it's difficult to have that conversation with Ember and it's like, oh, we've had to bring this good thing oh, to an end. You know, um, 
I love tagging with Ember. We have great chemistry and we held the NXT tag titles. So I think we did it all really in such a short span of time. But Mm -hmm. I think that me and Ember were already on our way to like doing singles things on NXT anyway. Um, I know that she's going to do awesome there. And, you know, I'm on the next chapter. It's the way it goes. But, you know, I love Ember and I wish her the best. I like casually crashing in the background. Don't worry about that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Tegan, you mentioned it earlier as well. Um, Candice LeRae and that looked like somewhere we could have been heading. Are you kind of gutted or are you just thinking like, no, there's still time for that? I'm obviously like devastated because that would have been really cool to wrestle Candice, not only like before WWE, but in a WWE situation. Mm. Um, That would have been really, really cool because... In my eyes, she is the best female wrestler in the world. So that'd been sick. But also, she hasn't got the titles anymore, so my business is done. I, I did what I wanted to do, cause a little bit of a kerfuffle and leave. <laughs> <laughs> kerfuffle. That's a great British word. Uh, I will say this. Um, in terms of you know your journey, I think so many people obviously are um, you know, sympathise and or inspired perhaps by your comebacks as well. It must have been such a difficult road. Uh, talk to me about this latest one because again we look like you're off to the races again in NXT we all know about the May Young Classic one which obviously was difficult in itself but like mentally for yourself like I I have to admire you so much like I I can't even imagine having to go through those serious injuries how do you pick yourself back up and go through that you know rigorous rehab and you know just to do dust yourself off again Um, so a lot of people think that this was like another injury, like it happened in training or in the ring. But in reality, like we found out a couple of days before surgery that during the last rehab uh, situation, my ACL actually came out of the um, came out of the socket that they were supposed to be in, and I had wrestled for two years, so I did the entire Dakota Kai storyline without an ACL, As and none of us knew. So like. It was kind of a shock to me because I was like, oh, yeah, we're going, we're going. And then we just had to have a checkup on it to be safe. And they're like, oh, no, you don't have an ACL. Haven't had one for a very, very long time. So it's nice to be able to speak about this one now. So because hopefully now people be like, you're injury prone. Well, no, this one just slipped out. (laughs) So (laughs) this wasn't my fault. It just happened. (laughs) Mm. Um, But it was... I wouldn't say more difficult this time because I knew it wasn't something that I did to hurt myself. It's just something that happened. I couldn't change mm. it. couldn't do anything about it. Um, the rehab was still hard, but I guess being through it three times and knowing, yep, she knows too. Um, <laughs> like having the support system like I did the first time has been way helpful and, you know, I'm in a good place mentally this time, unlike last time where I was just about to like reach the May Young Classic finals and then that gets ripped away, whereas this one was just kind of dipping my feet in the water, so I haven't really missed out on anything as such. So I was okay mm-hmm. with it, just took a long Is- time. For you two being a team, I'm curious, like, um, were you kind of great friends before this pairing was put together? How long have you known each other kind of thing? Is it is it uh, something that you wanted or has WWE just gone, do you know what, we think you two would be great and you're kind of making it go as, as it happens? Probably 
we we met each other in NXT, so we mm-hmm. haven't been yeah. together super long, but we get on great and like the banter's really, really good. Um and we did <laughs> a little um little tag run in NXT before I dipped off for an eight month vacation. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, people really people forget fun. about that. People yeah. forget that like we we main evented NXT together. We did pay-per-views together. Um, we challenged for the women's championships already. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I wonder if it's the recency, just because you've been with Ember, that people forget. You know what I mean? Like it's. Uh, yeah, that's probably it. That <laughs> and, could be and it. it's been almost a year, so or a go. year exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, speaking of coming into NXT and stuff, um, I believe your route in Shotzi, um, I believe William Regal might have turned up at the Devol show and, and made you the offer. Like, is, is he an important part of your journey? Was he the guy who scouted you uh, and you spoke to and stuff? Because so many people I do speak to, obviously, as you can imagine, the shores that I am in, he does play an important role in so many journeys into the company. So how was that for you getting into WWE? Yeah, I mean, definitely a big fan. And um, I was excited to have him come to Evolve. Like, I was excited to take his seminar. Like, I was just like, wow, uh, William Regal is here. That's so cool. And then for him to interrupt my match and offer me a contract was just like the cherry on top of everything. And like, j- definitely an emotional moment. And like, I got to see my whole career, like, unfold and become what it is now. Yeah. And Tegan, for you, like, honestly, I know you come into the May Young Classic and you'd been wrestling around the world at that point. It, it, again, is it a William Regal deal? Who is it who speaks to you to bring you in? Um, it was definitely helpful to have Regal. I mean, you know, we... Even to this day, we'll talk about the UK scene or like the tryout that I was on. And he definitely was a big, big part of helping me get you. Um, but it was on the last day of the tryout, I found out that I was getting signed. They're like, hey, do you want to move to Florida? I was like, yeah. It's like, okay, cool, expect something in the mail. What do you mean? Why can you be so nonchalant about that? Yeah, just expect something in the mail. He's been, he's been a big part and he still is a big part of a lot of like, Europe wrestlers and wrestlers in general around the world. He's he's the man. We love Regal. Yes, we do. Who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't love Regal? Uh, one more for each of you before I have to let you go here. Shotzi, you caused a little storm earlier this year, didn't you, with Chris Jericho and whatnot? Um, <laughs> did you think maybe that was taken a bit more seriously than it really should have done? It seemed to blow up a bit. That I was a bit. I was surprised. Yeah, you know, I meant no offense to uh, Chris Jericho. I thought, honestly, the match was great. Mm. Um, but you know what? Like, take a joke. Take yeah. a joke, bud. That's what I thought. <laughs> it's just a gif. <laughs> <laughs> laugh, at, yeah. laugh at it. Laugh at it and move move on. It's, it's live TV. You know, things happen. It's pro wrestling. Just don't take life too seriously is all I have to say. Uh, I concur. And uh, for you, Tegan, as well, like, I, I always loved the whole like Lady Kane persona. I need, I need, I need to know, like, have you had interactions with Kane in the flesh? Have you met Glenn Jacobs? I need to know. Uh, not in the flesh on, on like the bump a lot of times, which has always been a surprise. <laughs> Hello, here's Kane. 
Um, the only time I've met Kane in person, and I say met, I saw him from a distance, and then I kind of ha- uh, hid a little bit because he terrified me. <laughs> there was a situation. I was at the Royal, the WrestleMania in New Orleans, and I was backstage, and um, Kane and Molly Holly were stood together. I can't go up to those two together. That's just impossible. I'm That's not your dream team. Yeah, I'm not doing it. So I just hid behind um, Shane Thorne. I was like, I'm not doing it. I can't do it. That's just ridiculous. I'm not going over there. And he was like trying to make a scene. I was like, I'm not doing it. I refuse. I'm not doing it. And then they just walked past me as I was like kind of twisting whichever way Shane would move. <laughs> I was, I, it was too much of a situation. I was sweating. I was nervous. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Would, would you go as far to say you were starstruck? I was everything, <laughs> everything that you could be. I was, I was, I couldn't. I'm too weird as it is. I, I can't go up to those two. <laughs> it's not happening. Shotzi, have you ever been starstruck in the wrestling business? Oh, I mean, I feel like every single day I go to work. Um, mm. Like, I remember one time Undertaker came to the PC and I was just like, I like got I got out of the bathroom and like turned the corner and he was like tying up his wrist and I was like uh that's that's the under I'm gonna run away <laughs> I like how everyone's reactions to meeting people is to run away <laughs> yes that's that's my only defense <laughs> well we can say that Shotzi and Knox will not be running away from the competition on SmackDown. There you go. What no, a segue that was. No, uh, no. There you go. <laughs> we won't dare do that. Uh, of course, can't wait to see what you ladies are going to be doing on Friday nights and obviously the huge events coming up for WWE SummerSlam just around the corner and whatnot. So very exciting time. Thank you so much for being on Thank Talk you. Wrestling today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. And hopefully we will see you guys in September when SmackDown comes. I out. guess oh. we are. I Please. Guess we are. Oh, Get over to the UK. I'll be at the O2. I can't wait. Uh, once right. again, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, thank you so much for joining Talk Wrestling. Thank you. Thank you. Shotzi and Knox speaking with our very own Alex McCarthy. We'll be back next week with another edition of the podcast. Plus, uh, keep an eye on talksport.com forward slash wrestling uh, for more info there. Al, some fantastic more interviews coming up this week. SummerSlam stuff on the horizon. Should be doing a big preview of that as well. So, so much cool stuff coming your way. Uh, honestly, follow Al on Twitter. It's the best way to find all of our content. Do uh, it. Yeah, exactly. Do it. The voice of reason. Uh, Why not? (laughs) Uh, So thank you so much for listening. Give us a rating and review. This has been the Talk Wrestling Podcast on your Fight Night feed. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 